Well, welcome everybody to the Untitled Theme Entertainment Design Show podcast. Uh, once again, we're back, and this time we had Declan O'Mara from Moment Factory, and we talked a lot about projection mapping in his career. It was a really interesting show, yeah, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, I met, I mean, I met Deck over Twitter, and uh, and then live in real person in Ayapa, and just great to to hear his history, his story. I was a DJ and did so much, just like a real tinkerer. Um, so, everyone, enjoy the show. How's everybody doing, everybody? Welcome to the Untitled Entertainment Design Show. We're muted. We're unmuted. What is it? It's 2022. We're, we're all just muted, right? And you, you think I, I usually I keep my finger on the control D button here, too, but I didn't. I was doing my pre show stretches. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Well, we are so happy to be here. For those of you that are just joining us for the first time, I'm Patrick Kling. And I'm Andy uh, Garfield. Andy Garfield. What an amazing week in themed entertainment, Andy. We had the wish. I mean, it's kind of like a very long, lengthy launch. I don't know when to congratulate people because they're still doing their test cruises and maybe they're on a voyage. I see people on it, but kudos to that team out there. Uh, yeah, we people have, have a lot of friends and colleagues. We have a lot of friends and colleagues that worked on that. And then, hey, Damien, thank you for joining us here today. Uh, yeah, for those that nice are here to deck and otherwise known as Dead School, um, we have a lot of people waiting in the wings to, to see him. We're excited to have him on board. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, you know, he's uh, one of these characters that I interact with online quite a bit on Twitter and whatnot. And and uh, to uh, get to chat with him, you know, in person is uh, is a real treat. I'm looking forward to learning more about uh, him and uh, his career and what he's doing, how he got where he is, and where he's going. All right. Well, without further ado, let's bring him on. Hey, how you doing? There he is. I'm good. How are you? The man, the legend. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. He's setting everybody setting the bar way too high. Welcome, welcome to your your next installment on TETV. You, you graced us with your presence on the what is that unsung hero show and made your debut. Yeah. And now we're back. We wanted to have you on. Uh, you know, uh, we're here to overall talk about projection mapping, and uh, you know, I think it's really an interesting medium. I, I remember my first time seeing anything like it. Um, it was back in uh, actually in the, the Disneyland 50th anniversary days where they mm -hmm. started to do projection mapping on into small world to try to draw people away from the center of the park. However, yeah. before we dive all the way into that, that's a little tease. Uh, love to hear more about your history. You know, you didn't actually start in themed entertainment per se. In fact, there's a little bit of a clue in your minimalist apartment for lack of a better. Well, you just moved, right? Are you in like a campus housing or something or what? <laughs> you have like two things. You have like a, what is in the background? We have like a, some things and then we have a DJ uh, set. Yeah. It's um, freshly moved. Well, not freshly moved, but I've been in, um, in Canada for like a, a couple of months now, but especially in this, uh, this apartment, maybe like three or four weeks. So it's very, uh, very minimalism and all that stuff at the minute so uh but yeah i've got my uh all the important things like a fridge and a some dj decks so do, do apartments come with fridges in montreal or not you have to buy your own this one came with one but i'm not too sure hmm. so uh i can't say I'm that well experienced on the whole montreal what comes in a montreal apartment these days <laughs> um but yeah no i um I uh, fell into themed entertainment like uh, as most people do by uh, by chance. So before all of this, I was um, in the music industry for around nine or ten years, um, working as like a videographer, and then I would uh, sneak into like nightclubs with a camera. Then I got caught, and then I'd like start filming the DJs. And the more I filmed the DJs, I would learn to DJ. And then I came across 3D projection mapping when it was being used in like the music industry, like the live shows. So I wanted to do that, started making my own 3D projection mapping shows and that kind of developed over the few years. And then when I uh, kind of left the music industry, I thought of the funnest job I could think of. And that's uh, designing uh, theme park rides, uh, attractions and shows and that type of thing. And the skill set was like easily transferred from 
2D, 3D animation, 3D projection mapping and all that stuff into what are now all the attractions today. So totally different industry, but very similar skill sets when you uh, put them on paper. That sounds really cool. So where, where are you from? So I'm from the UK, from a small town called Nuneaton, which is just outside of uh, Birmingham and Leicester. Um, and that's pretty much where I uh, started everything in my, just there, really, yeah. So what, what were your, what, uh, what were your what, home parks? Yeah, I was just going to say. So my closest home park would be Drayton Manor, which is uh, now a lot more family-friendly kind of park. It was that kind of um, every every field trip, every kind of... Uh, year with school would be um drayton manor and then i'm kind of in between alton towers and thorpe park so they're kind of equal distance away for the more well-known parks in the uk what what was your first like theme park then those are sort of um, local regional amusement parks yeah uh i was lucky enough to go to um universal studios and walt disney world as like very young so i think my first experience with a proper themed themed park would be your magic kingdom uh epcot hollywood studios or mgm back then so those types of parks how did, how did it feel going from you know your regional sort of amusement trolley parks and stuff like that to you know a proper giant you know corporate theme park was it a big big switch yeah it's like um that's when you the kind of love for themed entertainment really developed because it was actual theme. Um, and some of the attractions in the UK do have like an overlaying theme and there is a bit of themed themed design and that type of thing within the cubes. But when you kind of see it and there's a story and there's a lot more to digest, it's you don't feel like you're waiting for a ride anymore. You're, you feel like you're actually in a, a themed story. That's awesome. So, you know, so now you do projection mapping. What was, uh, uh, you know, how do you, how do you go from being, you know, a, a DJ and, you know, video producer to, you know, doing projection mapping for, for themed experiences? Like, you know, what was the, what's the journey? Walk us through that. Yeah. So the journey is very much a trial by error kind of story. So, um, I, like I mentioned, I would, film and dj and all that type of stuff and then i came across um a 3d projection mapping show in in london so i was filming at um brixton academy in london for skrillex and his cell tour so that was this kind of my first introduction to 3d projection mapping it was this big white structure on stage and only up until then 3d projection mapping was kind of seen on buildings and this is when it started becoming more viral online as well but no one really understood it too much it wasn't used in commercials it wasn't like in in many theme parks it wasn't that like kind of globally known as what it is today so when i seen it in the gig i was just like i have no idea what this is and i but i really want to learn how to do it so there wasn't like i say there wasn't many that kind of resources online so with my um university i was studying at university of lincoln in the uk my uh ba which was media production i kind of asked in a sense and also just dem demanded that i learn 3d projection mapping but no one really knew exactly what it was or how it was so i just jumped into the deep end and started accumulating cardboard boxes from my uh friend's um day job he worked at like a grocery store and i would ask him for all these cardboard boxes to have surfaces to kind of project on and then at the university i rented like i think it was like a vga epson projector only like 600 lumens like you could your phone's probably brighter than yeah. what that projector was back in the day Pico projectors that you can put on your phone oh yeah definitely so i started kind of taking over the university kitchen and like piling all these cardboard boxes and pointing project projectors at them and not really knowing what projection mapping was, just learning kind of how to project my work onto to these um, surfaces and that type of thing. So it was very much just a trial by error. And then the more I kind of got comfortable with just projecting my uh, secondary uh, screen, basically, on my, uh, on my laptop, there was no kind of projection mapping tools that I knew of that kind of did 
what it does today. So I was kind of lining up After Effects and then drawing onto the cardboard boxes uh, with templates and that type of thing. But because it wasn't projection mapping, no one could touch these uh, cardboard boxes. So I would like be adamant, like if you go near my cardboard boxes, I'm gonna break <laughs> break your legs because it's <laughs> I can't I can't afford to like reposition them really like specifically in the right places and all that type of thing. So. I did my first test at university and then it kind of evolved. Then when we were on kind of summer break, I did a, a show in my parents' living room, which was um, this kind of weird cardboard box DJ booth kind of thing. It's um, just white cardboard boxes that were kind of spray painted. And then that kind of evolved the live show in the sense of what it is today. It was this kind of DJ booth-esque setup. And once again, I just, for three or four weeks, just told my parents to kind of walk around these cardboard boxes and um, not touch them. So there's there's got to be pictures online somewhere of like my parents trying to watch TV and I'm like blasting a projector through the living room to try and do these effects. <laughs> um, the yeah, weirdest that... episode of Gogglebox ever. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so, <laughs> so distracting. So that kind of... Um, was my first step into it. I was learning through um, cinema 4d at the time. So a 3d software. And also I was getting more and more developed with after effects. And at the same time, I stumbled a- upon some software called mad mapper, which was the software that was being used out there for buildings and live shows and that type of thing. So I luckily stumbled across all the, the right tools at the same time when uh when i was ready to kind of put this this piece of work on the internet and that project was called project x for i just i'm terrible at naming my shows they're just called loads of random names uh and then that kind of hit the internet and oh there's there there, there's some of the cardboard boxes so that was those are the ones from my university days so um yeah, as you can see, they're not in the most convenient of places with six people living there. It's trying trying to get to the oven is like impossible. Um, Some very very patient friends. Oh, they weren't patient. We had so many arguments. So very supportive. Oh, no. They're very supportive friends, and like I love them to death. But they were like, "Can we move your boxes now?" I'm like, "No, I'm not done." Um, the the live show that I kind of live show the uh, projection mapping show that I made at my parents' living room kind of stumbled on to be the viral hit that kind of got me going online. So as these kind of 3D projection mapping on buildings, on like massive facades and that type of thing, I kind of snuck in on the hype with my uh, six foot by five foot little structure. And it kind of rode the wave in terms of what 3D projection mapping was when it was, when it became viral and that type of thing. So I still believe it's like on the first or second search page of Vimeo, just you've got all these amazing installations from around the world. And then you've got me in the Neaton making wow. these small little <laughs> projection shows. But I say there was, awesome. there was no kind of like direction or I just had a lot of support from either family or friends and my lecturers to just kind of try it basically. Um, well, they, mu- they must be so proud of you now. I mean, you're, you're, you know, career has skyrocketed recently with, you know, with your new job and everything. You're, you're doing exactly what you set out to do. Yeah, it was always that kind of, uh, I was the kid that spent so much time on Roller Coaster Tycoon in the summers yeah. and be like building <laughs> yeah. parks and all that stuff. And then, yeah, you just never lose that phase. So uh, the projection mapping all started there and then it just escalated from cardboard boxes a couple of feet high to uh, a, a bigger test and then basically graduated to the the live show that i have which i called invasion live which was a 30 foot by 20 foot structure which was it's all all the same thing it's just projecting onto services it's just the same idea bigger and then that kind of escalated into world tours and projecting what year was that first uh, the installation 2013 2000 end of 2012 2013 was my first ever attempt at projection mapping wow wow so it's been a a world yeah so uh like if i kind of said to myself back then like even i showed them some of my render work i'd like no way there's no way i could do that in a million years wow that's awesome man i you know um 
Let's see, do we have any, uh, Trevor, do we have any more video or pictures of uh, some of that stuff that uh, Duck can walk us through? Okay, we saw that. <laughs> it should be just a... Oh, there, that's that's me, the youngest. Uh, I think I must have been like 17, sneaking around the, the nightclubs filming and everything. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know, no, uh, no hand tattoos. And then this is all my previous life stuff. So um, before I did all of this, I was, uh, I kind of played ice hockey and roller hockey for Great Britain. And that was the kind of life that I thought I was going to have of playing like professional ice hockey and all that type of thing. But then. Oh, wow. um, obviously um things change and you want to do something else so i started filmmaking which is the top right picture probably the most embarrassing one that i have in my presentations that's uh in a film festival in berlin with one of my short films so i wanted to be a director i wanted to make short films and that type of stuff so that was my short stint in the um short film kind of circle and uh going to uh, these kind of festival short film festivals and what kind of short what kind of short films are you making they were like these atmospherical no kind of um storyline nothing like that they were just the, the artsy kind of film so mm -hmm. great cinematography lighting editing and that type of thing and normally to um some kind of musical score so that's where the editing and the music thing was already starting to line up when i was making music videos or these kind of like um atmospherical short films and then the uh bottom right picture is from when i entered a dj competition with relentless energy like a um the, the drink and uh that was one of those things where i never dj'd before and i thought i'll just have a go at it and got into the top five and that kind of snowballed what i already knew about the music industry but more as a filmmaker instead of an actual performer essentially that's cool. Yeah, it feels like it's uh, done a lot of things. And yeah, here's uh, here's some of the uh, the fun pictures. So uh, top right is my um, Invasion live show with me in my little spaceship. It's this big W of, uh, made out of wood. So it uh, has a, a scrim, like a hollow, hollow gauze in the middle. So you can kind of see me when we don't project on it. And then when it is projected on, you kind of get the whole kind of projection area. And then on the sides of that is me on the floor trying to fix the show minutes before it is uh, <laughs> as always the way every show goes that way yeah um there's no there's i've never had a show where it's been like okay i'm sat in the the dressing room good oh we've got i've got a few hours before i'm on i'm always like ah oh, it's all wrong we're gonna have to stop there like, everyone's gonna have to go home <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then some of the uh, the bottom pictures are from my, my performing days of either setting up 3D projection mapping installations in nightclubs uh, to do like um, off festivals and that type of thing, or just DJing in general, with uh, which is the left picture there of uh, these really dingy nightclubs of where I pretty much found my feet in terms of music that I DJ and my whole kind of style. So how do you go from... Go ahead. No, go ahead, Anthony. No, I think you were going to ask the same question. Yeah, just just kind of interesting. Like, how are you doing this on the fly? You know, in a, in a nightclub environment, that's like, you know, it's very interesting. Like, are you really are you actually mapping out the environments in real time? Are you planning ahead of time? Are you going to the same places? You know, how did that kind of work? I mean, that, it's an interesting scale to be doing that at. Yes, yeah, so it's one of those things where you kind of would visit. If I didn't have the the kind of pleasure of visiting the. Um, venue beforehand i would um basically make content or use pre-rendered visuals and then map it while i while i was there before the, the club opened but a lot of my live shows that were for me specifically we would have to have a stage and the stage would have to be big enough for all my kind of um all my setup and my actual uh stage and that type of thing but when it was more for uh other djs or anything like that it would be a very much kind of guerrilla style you don't know where you, you don't know what the venue's going to look like before you get there on the day and just having to kind of render visuals in like the right kind of resolution or or setup as you were kind of going so it's very much a uh, live performance s kind of style that's cool so how do you go from from 
projection mapping at nightclubs and DJ sets to, you know, working for one of the biggest uh, media producers for theme entertainment in the world. So it's it's a great story. It's a great story. Once again, completely by accident. Um, so I was out uh, performing around around the world at these kind of music three um, D projection mapping festivals and that type of thing. And one also, of- there's festivals just for three D uh, projection mapping. Yeah, People go just to see big projection mapping shows. Pretty much. That's so cool. There's a um, a festival called Circle of Light Festival, which is a kind of competition against countries. So I was lucky enough to be invited and represent the UK. And essentially, you all you're all given the same template of a of a facade of a building, whether it's a a famous building or just a random building. You're given the 3D files, and then essentially, it's what can you make with that that kind of setup. So. You have like a six-minute show, and everyone from around the world kind of competes uh, of how to kind of make those things. So, um, but yes, well, I was one one of these um, festivals, and I was just hanging out, and I kind of heard some people talking about ice hockey at the uh, at the bar, and I was traveling on my own, so I was like, oh, I'll go and go and chat about this uh, about some hockey. I haven't spoken to anybody. I've been on tour for like however however long. And um, they just so happened to be from Moment Factory. And we kind of was getting to talking and all that type of stuff. And that kind of led me to start visiting Montreal in Canada. And I went to other festivals, uh, specifically Igloo Festival, which is a festival here that's kind of in the worst winter I could describe. It's like a festival outside. It's minus 32 degrees. And if you buy a beer, you've got to drink it quickly because it's going to freeze in your hands. Jeez. Uh, I know. They, they, they don't mess about there here. There we go. <laughs> I think that's, oh, yeah, closer, yeah. that's closer to what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my live show. Um, and essentially, I met Moment Factory then when I came over to Montreal as a as a guest and kind of went to like the Igloo Festival. I visited the Moment Factory offices. And this was around 2015 time. So I went from not knowing anything to about 3D projection mapping in 2013 to 2015 when I was going around the the world doing all these shows. So a massive jump. And to this day, I still don't know how I was doing it. I was just winging it every night. (laughs) And just people were coming to these shows. So a few years later, I decided to leave the... um, music industry and think of the best job that I could do, which was making, um, making theme park attractions or, uh, at least helping or con- um, being a part of the process. So I started joining companies, uh, in the UK. I had uh, one year at one company and then another year at another company and then kind of COVID and the pandemic happened. So I was still working relatively new to the themed entertainment kind of industry. And then I got a email from Moment Factory uh, just out of the blue. We were talking on and off for about three or four years, but nothing kind of about me possibly coming to the, uh, coming to the factory. And then there was a, a, a job offer for like a multimedia director in theme parks. So it was always my backlog of work that I did by myself kind of set up the, um, the job that I have today, I never kind of worked my way through like a, a, a kind of normal ladder of being in the industry for so long. It was a, a big jump from one to the other. That's so exciting. Um, tell us about the picture that's on screen now. It's the Inside the Machine uh, live from Russia. What's that? Yeah. So this was the um, the festival that I was at when I um, met people from Moment Factory. Mm. So after my project x show the one that i did in my parents living room kind of went viral then i developed the show to what was invasion live and had that at my university and did some kind of small shows in the uk that also got some traction online and i was invited across the world to moscow russia to play at the uh, circle of light festival and that's kind of when i realized how not how big projection mapping was but also that i actually had like i had some kind of 
I don't know name within projection mapping. I didn't I didn't know because I was just doing it every other day and just thinking nothing of it really. But then when you go to a building in the middle of Russia in front of like hundreds of thousands of people and see your name on the building, I thought, oh, so this is this is where we're we're at now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, that was really fun. And then from uh, I think that was like 2015, and then from there it's been um, up and up since since then really. Well, that's awesome. You know, I think that the message here to our audience, especially young people in the audience, is that, you know, you don't need to ask for permission to do this stuff. If you want to do it, you just do it and make it happen. And, you know, if you if you something interests you and you find you have, you know, some talent at it, you know, man, just keep going and keep, you know, just keep doing it. And, you know, it's hard work and persistence and, you know. I, I'm a firm believer that, believer that persistence pays off, especially in this industry, because it is so small and, you know, is, you never know when you're going to meet just the right people, just the right time. And, you know, it's the right time for them. It's the right time for you. And, you know, magic can happen for sure. I mean, you're living proof of that. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where I believe there's a lot, a lot of luck involved. However, you need to be in the positions for that luck to happen. Yeah, so, luck is being the right person at the right place at the right time. Exactly. And some some people get that and some people don't. And some people have to work 30 years towards it. Some like myself, I wasn't I got it pretty quickly. But it's one of those things that I believe that if if like themed entertainment is an industry you want to be in, just start making stuff. Like if it's 3D projection mapping, just get a projector, start pointing at stuff. They're yep. very inexpensive now, or even to like rent them. They're, they're really cheap. Uh, get some cardboard boxes. I'm not saying to go down the exact route that I did, but yeah. it's, um, it's one of those things where create your own opportunities and make your own projects. You don't have to, you don't have to kind of work as an intern and then slowly get to to do things. You can start working on your kind of fictitious projects and show that you're capable of doing that type of stuff. And then yeah. when the real brief comes along, you're going to be way ahead of it. Yeah. I mean, you see, you know, you see a lot of people, um, you know, in America, Christmas is huge. And uh, you see a lot of like big, uh, you know, house displays, you know, with, with Christmas lights and all the DMX controlled, you know, uh, lights and sound and everything like that. And you know, like you, you see more and more projection mapping on, on these, you know, especially bigger houses and even commercial buildings and things like that. I mean, somebody's going to do all that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, some of these um, these light shows that people do like for halloween or christmas yeah, like you say halloween, christmas, yeah. they're, they're absolutely insane like they're just complete like dmx control and projection mapping and essentially designing your own visuals that's what we do in themed entertainment it's just on a larger scale it's not just on a house so like I say when i was talking about the music industry these um these skills that you kind of develop in different industries they're all transferable you just have to think of the bigger picture not just oh i've only made 2d animation for a music video just, you can make 2d animation for a queue experience a walkthrough a um safety videos you board a ride it's like it's ex the extent's huge mm-hmm yeah, you just have to decide to do it and then just do it and keep doing it, keep doing it and just never give up. Yeah, definitely. Like I say, it's, it's you're only stopping yourself if you don't do it. So and even if like if I so had like some kind of like confidence of like, oh, should I will I be good enough to do this and that type of thing? And, and just have to kind of make stuff for you. And then if you enjoy it, you'll see other people that in, enjoy your work and then it will just snowball from there. That's awesome. So like right now, like I know you can't talk about the work you're, what you're doing, which is fine. Uh, but in a general sense, um, where do you think projection mapping is headed uh, in the themed experience um, realm? And like, what's, what's like the cutting edge? Like what, what are we, what, what are we going to see in like two years and five years? I think in terms of like projection mapping specifically, it's in that kind of um, stage where it's, it was always ahead of its time in the sense of you could make 3D structures, uh, kind of have optical illusions and navigate storytelling vastly different compared to like just going on a ride that's kind of just media. But it's mixing that with technology that's coming out now with kind of tracking and uh, moving set pieces, show action equipment and eventually kind of evolving all these kind of projection mapping techniques along with technology that's coming out now, it's going to stop 
being the industry standard to bridge these multiple disciplines together essentially so say if you're on a ride that has a a drop tower section or something like that like rise of the resistance is a perfect example of that kind of mechanic like projection mapping around that is involving like squinching um show action equipment projection mapping media it's that kind of accumulation i think is what's going to be upcoming in the in the themed entertainment industry of not just seeing projection mapping shows on like as everyone knows like harry potter castle um the magic kingdom castle all these castle shows Mm. i think it's going to be a lot more evident in attractions be it small fec walkthrough experiences because even if you see a projection on a wall it's still projection mapping that you have to map the surface and then you go up to these huge e-ticket like multi multi million dollar rides where it's used so well that you can't tell it's projection mapping so there's got to be at least like 50 or 60 attractions out there that use projection mapping and you would never know it uses it because it uses it so well yeah i i've been on rise of the resistance on maybe 10 or 15 times now and uh, every time i i go on and i see a new projection mapping effect you know with this with the laser blasts and like you know even projecting damage onto show sets and show action equipment and things like that uh is really uh really interesting yeah the, you know um, those atmospherical projection mapping techniques it's one of those things where when you watch it online, you can see that they're, they're obvious because the, the brightness is different and the, the shutter speed and all that stuff. But I'm the type of person that will go on a ride, enjoy it, and then go on it again. And I'm just like head on a swivel kind of thing, trying to find out yeah. where all the tricks are. And then there's some of these rides that you would just, you would, unless you kind of know the ins and outs of like projection mapping or the, the techniques used in themed entertainment, there's no way you would ever, like, same with Rise of the Resistance, kind of blasts or impacts. There's, they just feel part of the environment. They don't feel like a, an added kind of technique. Yeah. I, under, and I understand I, I have a friend that's seen the back to the future musical right now in London. And I think, um, I think, uh, from what I've heard, there's not very much video coming out of it, obviously, thankfully, which you shouldn't, should never take video during a theatrical performance. Don't do it. Um, but apparently there's a lot of very sophisticated projection mapping in that show as well. So I can't wait to see that when it comes to Broadway. Yeah, it's a highly recommend show. I got to check it out um, recently. Did you see projection mapping in that? I did. There was yeah. it was very subtle. However, like I said, it just it wasn't the star of the show. It just enhanced the show, which as I it think should be, yeah. as it should be. Unless it's a well, that's that's the thing. Even with these large um, castle shows, it's just that the format you're watching the show. It's not the oh, I've came here to specifically see projection mapping. You're mm. there for the whole thing. Well, let's talk about theory then, the theory of projection mapping, like, you know, how, you know, you know, where, you know, where you were doing these, you started out doing the festivals where projection mapping was the show. That was the mm-hmm. reason everyone was there. But like, now you're in this industry where there's, you know, hundreds of disciplines working together, um, you know, it's, you know, design, it's, it's engineering, it's music, it's, you know, stagecraft and all this kind of stuff. And like I said, you know, projection mapping may just be, be playing a supporting role. How 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 do you integrate your process into that larger process? And like, where where do you come in, and where do you and and how do you end up? Where do you end up there? It's one of those things where no matter what the project be, it's a small project or a large project. There's there's never a de- defining moment of when you kind of come into the project because that that would be the the best thing of being there from blue sky to final integration it's one of those things as kind of being brought into these projects you will join it at various times and then you have to kind of come up with a guest game the best game plan to work with different vendors or clients and that type of thing of the finding this kind of 3d projection mapping solution and then sometimes the ideas that are kind of brought forward don't necessarily make the best 3D projection mapping kind of effect or illusion of um, physical spaces transforming. However, there's always a f- always a good way, a good way, and a good approach to kind of s- solving those solutions. So, normally uh, throughout like my various projects that I've done over the last like five years, it's one of those things where you will work with loads of different vendors, loads of different scenic companies, AV companies, and that type of thing. Normally when they've kind of fleshed out the idea of what the what the effect is going to be. And then there's always that kind of level of creative control of 
enhancing the idea, never completely changing it, but kind of morphing it to make the uh, illusion a bit better in terms of 3D projection mapping. So it's one of those constant communications between various different vendors and always going back to the the client of uh, their creative intent. And then you kind of work together to get a good scan of the area. Then you might work with media, media companies to actually make the media. And then you kind of work with them sharing your your scans or your kind of projection studies. And it's one of those things where it's a massive machine, right? So all these cogs have to talk to each other and have to be up to the same speed or it doesn't really kind of work out. And then when it comes to you've got the, the production process done and that type of thing and you go to like on-site integration, then that's a kind of like icing on the cake and the finesse of this this machine. And... I think one thing that people do forget about these theme park rides is that they're not just the one time you've experienced them. They are resetting up to six or seven seconds after each other, multiple times an hour, never, the park never closes. They have to work all day, every day, every six seconds and be the exact same quality as they are for the guests that's just seen them or the guests behind you. So it's a lot of um, communication between companies and problem solving problem solving being the main thing of it of how on earth are we going to pull this effect off or how is how are we going to get a projector to cover this area because the rv the uh, ride vehicle's got to go like right in the middle of it or the scenes below us that type of thing there's never a uh, there's never a set schedule i think i'm trying to get at it's always a know all the processes and know all of the solutions to the process and then define it based on where you come in on a project. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I love theme entertainment so much too, is that no project is the same and the projects are always changing and there's so many different phases to it. And and uh, yeah, it's really, it's just so awesome. So you've gone pretty quickly from content producer uh, to technical manager too, and creative manager, do you do you still create the content yourself, or do you are you just managing this <laughs> big operation now? Yeah, so the uh, my title is like a multimedia director. It's a sense of knowing all aspects of the media um, and then directing it. Fully enough, so it's like, it's like you said, like knowing what's what's possible. Yeah. And then being able to like say, yes, we can do this. And, you know, sort of like, you know, the, the buzz price, you know, yes, if. <laughs> yes, always. Always yet, yes, if is the, the yeah. best solution to most things. But yeah, it's having that kind of um, knowledge in all um, in all of the steps, really. It doesn't have to be a lot of knowledge. It can just be the, the smallest amount of like, um, especially integrating these kind of real-time engines into things like, I don't have a, well, I kind of have a brief understanding of like Unreal Engine per se, but I'm no expert at it, but it's enough knowledge to get the point across to someone that is a, is a master at it. I'm trying to take the, take the idea and the creative intent and direct the multiple disciplines of media to kind of come up to that speed. But I also have to, um, like across the years i sometimes if it's a smaller project i would do it myself i'd make all the media i'd do the sound design i would even write parts like rewrite parts of the script um up into the complete hands-off approach where you are managing up to 12 15 even like teams of like 20 people of working in all these different departments and trying to get to the the final kind of uh conclusion so it's never the same day it's always the possibly making 3d renders today possibly directing sound design this day it's it's one of those the multi multimedia and aspect of every se- every sense in the word so it's uh and themed entertainment has like everything there's there's nothing that's not touched by themed attractions whether like say whether it be lighting design um audio design, audio engineering, technical direction. It's everything and everything. So I'd say if it's a, um, if that's something that interests you in terms of wanting to do everything and being that kind of perfectionist is uh, learn a little bit about everything. And then you'll kind of know a lot in the main, like broader of things. Yeah. I think that's also really good advice. So uh, we have a few more images. Want to bring those up and you can tell us what those are as well. Yeah. Oh, your logos. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. So this was um, my kind of deeper dive into kind of um, 3D animation and this kind of style that I've developed over the years of realistic 3D. So I love those roadside neons of like um, um, old America and, uh, yeah. you know, basically roadside attractions, uh, motels and, and everything neon, basically. So I always wanted to become a like a neon bender like i wanted to make like glass bending Mm -hmm. but i never kind of had the time or kind of money behind it as well it's a very expensive hobby to do i was gonna say it's a very expensive hobby (laughs) yeah yeah like uh all of my neon friends out there that actually make neon it's like my hat goes off to you like uh i always ask for advice of how to make these things but yeah so this is how i kind of started learning 3d modeling essentially and lighting Mm -hmm. and the kind of texturing and that type of thing and so, good, you have a good eye for graphic design as well. Oh, thank you. So a lot of this was just um, fan-made or like my uh, my project here. It's um, so That's all CG? Yep, all CG. Wow. None of it's real, Great. which is a blessing and a curse for these projects because I cannot tell you the amount of emails or messages that I get thinking it's real. And mm. then I have to be like, that's a huge compliment, obviously, yeah. but I also have to say, I'm sorry, I can't actually make this in real life. But then <laughs> now, but now having connections and stuff, you can kind of bring that project management and all that stuff together. So uh, it's one of those things where it always kind of pays off knowing, like you say, every part of the process. Uh, but yeah, this, um, this was um, my uh, neon collection, I called it, of just making neon signs and making neon signs for events that I love, like Halloween Horror Nights, uh, just as a, as a kind of fan of the event. And wanting to create these these environments and kind of uh, settings, essentially, that where would these neon signs live? Like, where, like where, where can you remember seeing neon signs, be it, be it like a movie theater or like an old arcade? And then slowly developing all these really small details that fans of like, say, Halloween Horror Nights in this instance will know about. So there's so many little Easter eggs in my work that I never kind of say or really point them out just so people can go out and find them themselves. Mm. Have you done work for Halloween Horror Nights or is it all just sort of tribute stuff? It's all just because I'm a fan of it, really. There's nothing that... um, That looks like Jack the Clown to talk about Easter eggs. Yes, there you go. So still, once again, completely CGI. And I was like, Mm. what? watching one of the the shows, uh, Halloween Horror Nights, and this kind of prop appeared. And I was like, well, what if that prop lived in a circus and it was just dropped on the floor? And then this is where these kind of renders come from. Mm. But I think... Did you get to see the Marathon of Mayhem show last year? Yes. Awesome. A lot of projection mapping in that on the buildings behind the show. Yeah, definitely. So it's one of, like... it's just everywhere 3D projection mapping, and sometimes you can point it out, and sometimes you can't. But yeah. this is a uh, another example as well for people wanting to get into themed entertainment is makes make stuff that you love going to. Like yeah. like uh, this was more of just a case of making something that I'm really passionate about, putting online. And uh, luckily, some of the the creators of Halloween Horror Nights or Universal Creative themselves would retweet it, like it, and then you start chatting. You go out for beers and uh all that stuff so it's uh nothing's ever too small you want to make an idea go make it and then what the more passionate you are and the more uh, the better you get at your work people are going to notice it yeah that's absolutely true absolutely true it's really good advice is that is that all the pictures we have i think so yeah um so like what's what's your what's what's your sort of like projection mapping white whale like what's what's the the big goal you have to um like you know like the big dream to a project to work on i'd say it's got to be something that's overall creative direction of like an attraction so not just fix not just kind of fixing or coming up with a solution for one part of it it's that kind of overarching creative director come up with the ideas do the from the the actual blue sky all the way to um to the actual on-site integration into opening day but i in terms of projection mapping i've always always wanted to do a um halloween horror nights kind of show that's specifically projection mapping i know marathon of mayhem has a um a kind of it's the it's the lagoon show that's that's the main part of it but 
I'd love to have some kind of purpose-built facade that kind of tells the story of like Halloween Horror Nights or something along those lines and have that as like a main attraction or a uh, almost like a performance and really bring like projection mapping into the event. I know they've had previous uh, projection mapping effects on buildings and that type of thing, but nothing a actual kind of show that you that's got a ded- dedicated time and that type of thing. That would be my dream kind of project to make that happen for sure. Oh, I think I've lost the audio. Oh, yeah, I said, I, I said, I think there's a good chance that the the right people are listening and watching right now, or will be in the near future of this show. So, oh yeah, a few, a few of the homies know that I want to do it. So, and they've got, they <laughs> they've got all the power to do it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, well, I mean, that's just so cool. I mean, I I think that uh, you know y- your story reminded me a lot of my friends uh, Gavin and Jason Fox. Do you know them? Yeah, Frame Store. Yeah, we so, are. Like, they start. They they started. You know, in their garage, making you know their home haunts and stuff like that. But like you know, the most awesome, elaborate home haunts you could possibly imagine, um, just short of making a dark ride in their garage, which. I wouldn't be surprised if they did at some point, but uh, yeah, they just did it. They were doing it and they did it. And then, you know, now they're head of theme entertainment for frame store and, you know, doing big attractions. I've done, you know, a lot of attractions with them and they're, you know, big time stuff and they're creative directors and, and those skills that they developed, you know, at home. And then also just, you know, understanding how visual effects work and how, um graphic design works and how staging works and making props and like actually making things with their own hands and and whatnot that those skills are imminently transferable to overall creative direction of attractions and experiences and i think that uh you know i think you're right on track for for doing that kind of stuff and i can't wait to see what you come up with and what what they what people what they'll unleash you on oh yeah thank you yeah it's one of those things of like uh I'm just winging it. I have no idea what I'm doing half the time. So, uh, well, that's how I do the show. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Lost Patrick. So, so <laughs> I'm just, I've just been winging it. <laughs> you do, you know, I, I can't tell. So you're doing an absolutely amazing job on my end. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I think the, the, the big takeaway from, from, from your story today is that, you know, like I said before, just don't ask for permission, just go and do this stuff and put it out there. And, you know, if it's good and, and you've got talent and you can, you know, replicate it and you can innovate, self-innovate and, you know, iterate, you know, people will notice. And, you know, this industry is, is deep and broad, you know, and there's a lot of opportunity for people. And, uh, I think that, uh, you know, anything is possible when you, when you just persevere. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, if you wait for the opportunity to arise that you're, it's never going to come, it's never going to happen. Like you have to make your own luck. Exactly. And um, yeah. like, like we've been saying throughout this whole kind of um, show, it's that just just start making stuff. It doesn't like some of my earliest work was awful, but that some, <laughs> some of the best, some of the, the leading people in the industry were like, um, that's that's awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. And then it's that's that encouragement. So I always say, like, uh, if. I'm like I'm on Twitter and Instagram and that type of stuff. If anybody ever wants to, me to check out their projection mapping or their ideas, I'm always there for like feedback because I that's how I got to where I am. It's just constant feedback, whether it was good or bad. So I always got the kind of push to to do and go right in the right direction. And you need to be self-critical too. You need to always be looking at ways that you can improve your own work. And like, right, well, I did this thing. What did I do wrong? What did I learn from this? What can I do better next time? Mm-hmm. on the next thing and transferable skills and yeah, all that kind of stuff. I always you know, try and yeah, make a habit of, as I always try and make a habit of like finishing a project um, and going back to it like two or three months with like more fresh eyes or getting someone to, to have a look at it that has no connection to the stuff that I previously done and just throwing it out there. Like um, I have a, a good support network of friends that are just in, um, that just do 
VFX for a living. Like they're at some of the, the biggest VFX companies or they're some of the biggest artists that are, I've ever came across that just do their own thing. And I'm like, no way I'm ready for like VFX kind of quality stuff, but I will pass my work on to them. And then we all grab a beer online. We'll look at each other's work and we just, just have that kind of a friendly approach towards stuff. And then some days you rip each other apart and say it's the worst thing you've ever seen, but that's what you need to hear sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I find, you know, that, that, you know, I always ask like, Oh, do you want me to be honest? And then, and then, then you can unleash. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. You need to have the, the, the tough love. If, if I, yeah. if I tell you you've got awesome work every single time and not going right. to point out something out, you'll know that I'm just full of it. <laughs> yeah. No one's going to get better from that. Oh, exactly. Cause you'll keep doing what you're doing. You're not going to steer away from that. So before we go, I want to know every, um, tell me about dead skull. How did you come up with that? And, 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 uh, is it like a DJ name or is it like your online handle or yes, all of the above? So it's all of the above, essentially where dead school came from. It's once it was, everyone had DJ names, like mm. uh, all the music labels that I was a part of, everyone had really cool names. So my, my name came from, I had a puppet master mask, the, the old, old school movie, yeah, but yeah. At the time, I didn't know that that was Puppet Master. I'd just seen it as this kind of like weird skull-esque kind of mask. And I just was like throwing out names for DJ names. I can't remember half the stuff that I went through, but they're all terrible. Mm. Um, and I was like, this looks like a school, right? So what, what are schools? Because they're not like living things are they like they're just you know whatever they're dead and then that just it just stuck there was no kind of uh thought massive thought process it's just one of those things that kind of stuck and then the dead school became a thing and people some people know me more as dead school than actual declan so that's always good to know um but yeah it was all oh, look at the draw just make up your make up your own name and stick with it <laughs> Yeah, it's a great name. It's very you know, evocative and, you know, hard. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what I've been told. So I'm like, I'll just roll with it at this point. No, it's great. I love it. Well, Deck, it's been just so great talking to you and learning more about you and what you've been doing in your journey. And, and it's just been fascinating. And I'm just, uh, you know, it's just it's all so I'm so impressed. Oh, with, your, you with your journey and all you've accomplished and man it's just the beginning you're like what 25 <laughs> oh I'm, I'm a bit older than 25 i'm 29 <laughs> next week so well you're still young i yeah. you know i'm 48 and you know i still feel like you know some days i'm starting out on stuff you know on the struggle bus creatively you know even it happens to the best of us but man i can't wait to see what you do next and i can't wait to see you know where this takes you and i can't wait to go on one of your rides oh. someday Oh, thank you. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope that I'm in a, one of those positions to have the the full ride experience. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. We'd love to have you back on again soon, and uh, you know, hear more about this, and especially you know when you have a project that that you can talk about. You know, we'd love to to have you walk us through your process in more detail. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, thanks again for having me. I mean, uh, always a big fan of the show, and love love coming on these types of things. So yeah, always always down. Thanks so much. And you guys don't forget to like and subscribe us on the YouTubes and the Facebooks and the Twitters and the LinkedIn's and whatever else we're on uh, Instagram and, uh, and look out for this on the podcast as well, which will be posted uh, whenever CJ gets around to it, probably Wednesday or so whenever I get around to editing that. <laughs> but uh, if always uh, thanks to our producer, Trevor and uh, our other producers, Charlie and CJ and, uh, and uh, we'll be back again soon with Patrick and me and, who knows who else? Thanks, guys.